When it's all said and done. When the pads are all packed up. The refs have packed away the whistles. And the parking lots are empty. One show with three obsessive fans still want to have their say. And because this is Triple M, and because we really don't give a rat, we say, why the hell not? Rugby League. Please welcome A.H., Chris and Rose. We are in for something special tonight. This is the back row. Footy from the cheap seats on Triple M. Yes, well, Dukes might have missed the bus, but the Dragons have not missed the boat. Well, not yet anyway. They're still alive, breathing fire, 16 points to 14. Just over the Penrith Panthers out at Pepper Stadium. Our eternal thanks go to the Triple M call team, Dan Ganane, Bill Harrigan, Ryan Girdler, and Jamie Soward working double duty. Hmm. Had to race out of the box and do the sideline interviews at the end. <laughs> Terrific work there. <laughs> I'm sure he's grateful for the applause, Felix. This is Triple M's The Back Row with AH, Chris and Rose. And ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is scheduled for one fall. <laughs> one fall! From Ostermere Public School, favourite be to be the next Stanley the Steel Avenger, please welcome A.H. Kayleigh. Yay! A.H. Kayleigh! <laughs> she just yells her own name. How are you feeling, AH, about the win? Uh, look, I'm feeling fantastic. I am my own biggest fan, yes. Uh, and, yeah, I'm feeling amazing about that Dragons win. Uh, and I was feeling quite good going into it, even though I was tense uh, and McGregor did lose that fight. I was watching it at Scruffy Murphy's, and there's nothing that can make an Irish crowd happier than the bar immediately chucking on Rebel songs afterwards. So I came in here with a smile on my face and a fair amount of cider in my body. And with apologies to you at home, I may be wobbly for this joke. Mm. And a song in your heart from the sound of it. Mm -hmm. And from Parts Unknown, the only <laughs> exponent of Belmore Strong Style, please welcome Andrew Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris Gow. I've always wanted to be introduced like that. Guys, I have one question for you. Can we start this season over? Because the dogs <laughs> have finally figured out how to play rugby league in the last two weeks. I wasn't ready. Can we start the season again? <laughs> I have one answer for you. Yeah? No. Damn it. Oh. Tonight we won't be charging Vegas-style prices for ringside seats as we punch on about <laughs> the finals, the <sighs> fight, the Falcon, or the lack thereof, mm. and the fizzled-out career of poor old Loz Laurie Daly. We'll have our regular features, the back wrap, just the tip, back row of the week, and don't forget we do a little podcast extra as well. Ooh. You're on the back row, no flipping. <laughs> Welcome back to Triple M's The Back Row with A.H., Chris and Rose. Everybody getting a little bit excited, a little bit fired up because we're talking rugby league finals, the playoffs, the sharp, the pointy end of the season. After that game, I am smouldering inside. I feel excited, but in a horrible way, like I might die at any moment. Well, that makes one of us. I'm so thrilled. <laughs> You're a mess of hot coals there, AH. Yeah, that's me, baby. Hot, oh, only hot, one more hot, round. Hot mess. Like, like, everyone gets a chance to talk finals, even us, so I think we should. Yep. Uh, Rose, who are you seeing as, well, let's face it, beyond the storms as the as the logical competition for them right now? What do you think of the storms to begin with? Well, that's the real question, isn't it? I mean, the storms have come out uh, from the beginning of the season and made a very strong statement that this is their year and this is their title and they weren't happy about losing the championship. So uh, uh, I think it's whoever can beat the storm at the moment. For a while there, I was feeling like the Roosters were the team that were really going to get it done. Mm. But for me this week, the new hot team going into the finals has to be the Parramatta Eels. They're so hot right now, Chris. They're so hot right, right? now. So hot right now. <laughs> what do you find hot about them, AH? Oh, it's playing real good and stuff, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that is the classic rugby. They play good, they'll do good. Yeah. Yes, look, yeah. Thursday night, they 
put on an absolute show. Sammy Rudd Raja did amazing. four of the most impressive tries I've oh, seen all season. That um, <laughs> that Rad Raja, um, the like the duck weave lose regather try. I was watching this from the Nova Hell Rooty Hill. Um, big shout out to the Nova Hill R- Rudy Hill. And I swear, I think the people in the room next to me probably heard the involuntary gasp that came out. It was like a ghost was escaping from my body. The amazing. issue is there, AH, is that that doesn't really narrow it down because all the tries were pretty amazing. The one Juggle, with the re- weave, the one dodge. With the, regather. The, the duck weave lose regather, of course, in rugby league parlance was the bobble try. The bobble try. Oh, right. But I mean, like the, eel, the eels have um, the eels have made a bit of a statement like, this week, and uh, they're mm-hmm. coming in at the right time of the year with a bit of fire uh, behind them. How do you feel and about it, the eels, Chris? And not the kind of statement that Kenny Edwards is usually required to make. Right. Look, I think the eels are my smoky of the finals, right? And it's coming off the back of the the Mitchell Moses move. I think uh, yeah. everyone was very concerned when Clint Gutherson went down with that knee injury, ironically courtesy of the Tigers, but it's sort of created a really clear space for Mitchell to be the defined playmaker. It has. I, I agree 100%. And look, for long-suffering Eels fans, they haven't been in the playoffs since 2009. Oh. They haven't been in the top four since 2005. You've got to be thrilled for them because to be able to talk about coming out of the ashes, to get out of that train wreck of a salary cap, you know, false invoices, infringement notice thing last yeah. year. Eels rising. You've got, to You've got to say, Brad Arthur, you're a genius. Now, the, the Sharks won the title last year and that kind of – uh, stopped the longest drought for a rugby league team. Am I correct in saying the Eels are the next longest drought? Well, if you uh, rule out the Gold Coast Titans and the Warriors, oh, they, yeah. They don't count. Yeah, <laughs> they don't count. Yeah, so, they, I mean, could we get back-to-back fairy tale stories Look, in the finals? I think the thing has been about the NRL finals recently, it's just fairy tale after fairy tale. It was the rabbits into the cowboys into the sharks, so why not? Mm. And, of course, the other thing that's intriguing everybody and fans are out there with their abacuses and all sorts of things and they've <laughs> got slide rules. Yeah, <laughs> Burge eye. With their slide rules, what's going to happen? Who's going to make the eight? Now, AH, are you aware that the games are going to resolve themselves in sequence over next weekend? Yep. So North Queensland plays Brisbane. Thursday. North, North Queensland win. Mm-hmm. They're sweet. Right. They're good. They're good. It's going to be tough. If they don't, they're in jeopardy. Both. Yeah. Then Manly plays Penrith. The winner, sweet as a nut. Right. The loser, <laughs> it's not so good. Yeah, the loser basically depends on my team losing, which with fingers crossed we won't do. That being the next game, Dragons versus your Doggy Boys. Go the race. Doggy Boys. I tell you what, we're on back-to-back wins. It's going to be tough for the Dragons. If there's one thing left for us this season, it's destroying the Dragons' dream of a finals berth. You don't need this, I do. <laughs> yes, so- I do. So I, it sound- I don't know why I just pulled out the, the tuck shop mum voice, just having a cheeky little discussion with my friend. But I did, and I'm not going to finish Chris, so it sounds complicated <laughs> because we re- we've recognised if the Cowboys lose, they're in trouble, and the loser of Manly and Penrith is in trouble if St. George wins. St. George and Laura. Which if they St. George and Laura lose, which is, let's face it, which they will. inevitable, yep. uh, they're gone. But say they do win, there's actually really bad news for them. Right. And that is, what happens if Manly and Penrith draw? God forbid. Yes, yes. You, Rose, mm. brought up this possibility uh, during that last song yeah. and this a wave of anxiety suddenly hit me because, you know, of course this is the one where that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's a rare uh, bird, the draw, in rugby league. It's it a rare bird. It doesn't happen that often because of Golden Point. Golden but, Point's eliminated the draw effectively, okay. but it is possible. I've watched a lot of Golden Points this year. There is a lot of pressured kick, field goal kicking going on. I could very much see a draw going on here. So basically there are nine sets of fans on edge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are seven sets of fans who are relaxing and luxuriating <laughs> in the fact that the season is over. Drinking papalis. We'll be holding our breath all week. 
Come back soon and join us on the back row, home of the Rugby League Baby Racing Academy. (laughs) (laughs) You're on Triple M's The Back Row with AH Chris and Rose. We're Rugby League from the cheap seats, but there was no cheap seats in Las Vegas today (laughs) with the Mayweather versus McGregor stoush. Now, for the one person in the greater Southern Hemisphere who didn't hear, Mayweather stopped McGregor in the 10th round. Spoilers. With what I believe is a technical knockout. Rose, how did you see the big fight? Well, I mean, what an event. There's been such a build-up towards this event, and it's two combat sports colliding, really. And and like I always say about boxing, it's the build-up that's actually the highlight. The match never really mm. comes through with the goods. Um, the match was not bad. I mean, they started off... The thing about it is, is that it was a Mayweather production, this pay-per-view. So people are paying, you know, up to a hundred bucks to watch this pay-per-view. It was pretty poorly put together, I must say. Mm. I mean, there's some of the editing and the overlays and there's long gaps between the fights. And you just, I always say about fighting is that it's about the narrative. It's about who the two people are, the story behind the combat. That's how I feel about rugby league. Right, exactly. And, and, uh, you know, the main event had a huge story, but every other match just did not matter. No one knew who they were. But I think that's it. Every other match did not matter. So why put ones that would matter in there? You know what I mean? You could have a show though, right? Yeah, well. And weren't you saying that the arena was basically half empty? until the main match? Literally half empty to about five minutes before Conor McGregor walked out there. So everyone's out having a punt on the, on the, on the blackjack tables. Um, look, it's an interesting fight. I mean, we've been waiting that long and you've got to be real about what's happening there. Conor McGregor is, a, is a, the first ever double UFC champion, but this is his first professional boxing match. And he's going up against possibly the greatest defensive boxer of all time and one of the greatest of our generation who just went 50-0 and in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, Mayweather isn't necessarily a big hitter, but technically he's very hard to beat on points. And we all knew that going in, that if McGregor won that match, he'd have to just go for it. It had to be a Hail Mary, punch to the face, knock him out, and everything changes. And everyone was hoping for something like that, I think. But realistically, McGregor had him uh, from the beginning. From what you're describing, Floyd Mayweather sounds a bit like the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. <laughs> you know, the defensive stopper, but hard to get a knockout punch. <laughs> AH, where did you experience the fight? I experienced it across the road from this station at a notorious Irish pub, Scruffy Murphy's, there with my, uh, with my Irish brothers and sisters. I love Scruffy Murphy's. As you boys know, actually, when we were recording our demos and stuff here after every one, you know. Scruffies, boys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we squashed that pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I even started ducking over on my own. Oh, sorry, AH, we've got to go. They haven't seen carpeting since fine. the 19th century in that venue. <laughs> I think but, um, go on. Uh, yeah, but look, it, so it was a great place to watch it. I didn't manage to get the you know the beginning of the fight, but I, I saw the end. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of disappointment when he did lose. But as I sort of mentioned earlier in the show, um, well, I mean, firstly, in, in McGregor's post-match interview, you know, that was really great for everyone there. He sort of wrapped it up by saying, you know, I'm just happy to be draped in this flag. And, of course, we all cheered. And then uh, as soon as the feed sort of faded out, um, the bartenders knew exactly what to do, and that was to blast an Irish rebel tune for all of us. So we got to sing along to uh, Graffiti on the Wall by the Wolf Tones. Right. And, uh, look, here's the thing. We've experienced 800 years of pain far worse than this, and we've made it through. So we'll get by, and we and we know how to smile when the right sort of Right. Melodies get played. Speaking of pain, I was out at Campbelltown Stadium on Friday <laughs> night to see the West Tigers play on the North Queensland Cowboys. <laughs> and to me, that's, that's a sporting fixture. There was passion. There was determination. There was something at stake. This, 
uh, Mayweather McGregor thing to me felt a bit like a circus. It was a bit of a cash yeah, it grab. It was. It I was, mean, absolutely. It, it was a cash grab. What did it prove? It proved that a boxer could beat a non-boxer. Yeah, a professional boxer could beat a guy who'd never had a go. But look, I think Conor, for Conor McGregor, it was a win-win because he's walked into another sport in yes. another man's arena and had a go. And he went 10 rounds with one of the greatest boxers of all mm. time. Yes, uh, Floyd is 40 now and, and now officially retired for the third time. He's the John Farnham of boxing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> look, it was an amazing match. And I think if anything... The fans uh, and the supporters of Conor McGregor, which there were many, uh, would actually right here, baby. Yes, would be actually happy and proud of Conor for yep. for going out there and and throwing some punches and actually standing up with a guy as prolific as Floyd Mayweather. And it was a, it was a cash grab. My th- my favorite thing was what Floyd wore to the ring. Did you see what he wore to the ring? Well, I thought it was a uh, a very very moving uh, political comment about what Pauline Hanson had wore in Parliament a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Am I right in that? <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit weird when he walked in in that burka, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then he whipped it off and said, how is this possible? Yeah, he, 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 post-game interview, yeah. you know, I sh- we should be banning balaclavas. He <laughs> how, was- how, would you, how would you describe <laughs> the get-up? It was like a full-body trench coat, leather jacket, like the Miz style, a bit matrixy mm. from top to bottom with gold lining. And then he had a balaclava on over his face with a money team hat. Which what- really, the balaclava is more of an Irish look if we, if we look at modern history. Well, yes. there was some rumour he was going to put in an Irish flag into his... Uh, Mouthguard or uh, gum shield, I think they call it in the United right, States. Right, really? May- Mayweather was going to. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, Mayweather yeah. was going to. Just yeah, to yeah, get, just to get oh, uh, just so he could, Connor a little yeah. bit uh, riled up. Yeah, yeah, Connor came out Gross. in some flag with some colours. I didn't know what flag, what country it was, <laughs> but he was just. What, what you just described was uh, what our panel operator Felix was wearing last night out on the town. So, yeah, yeah, it's weird. So it's, it's nice it, to see there's an Australian element. Yeah, he was Mayweather before Mayweather was Mayweather. Join us again on the back row soon. <laughs> Hello there. This is Triple M's The Back Row with AH, Chris, and Rose. We G'day. just. We're just three footy fans who like to talk footy. And as it turns out, the three of us, we're always ready to rumble. <laughs> oh, no. But anywho, it's time for that regular feature, the back rap. It's Chris Gales, the back rap. <laughs> yes, welcome to the back rap. And we're going back to the mists of time, all the way back to Thursday night, where Parramatta racked up 52 points to a paltry 34 by the Brisbane Broncos. <laughs> The world's fastest try in anything, let alone the NRL, was scored by Kirasomia Alvar after 12.88 seconds. Wow. Sending Reese's Robinson's 33 seconds try from for Canberra into oblivion. Now, what a loser. Yeah, I know. Nothing. So slow. So old school. <laughs> now, we've already rhapsodised about the great Semi Radrajo, who ran in four tries, but I think the beautiful moment was he passed up his fifth to give the pass to Brad Takarangi. He's unselfish. He's unselfish. Exactly, that's semi. So forget your Haynes, forget your Israel Folaus. I'd love to forget the Haynes. The former head of their old David Smith's $50 million war chest has to go to semi, and he's actually said to Parramatta, keep the salary cap open in 2019, I'll be back from Toulon, France. Toulon. I tell you what, though, Brad Arthur, he was just Coach Grumpy. He said he liked the start, which was the try, but he was unhappy with the rest of the performance, which comes out at 79 minutes, (laughs) 47.12 seconds. Did you see him smash that bottle at halftime? He was furious. (laughs) Come Friday, come Canberra Raiders. Are they still alive? No, they're not. Despite a 46-28 to victory over the Newcastle Knights. But the good news is that the Canberra milk promotion is doing very well. Yeah, They shifted 18,000 units of the chalk mint milk last week. And there are only 14,000 people there. Amazing. Let me tell you, they won't have brittle bones down in our nation's capital. <laughs> Jordan Rapinar had a hat trick. And really just one highlight for the Newcastle Knights was when Jamie Bura reversed his park, reverse parked his way over the line. I've never seen someone score a try by running backwards. Yeah. He did it. Moonwalk try. 
And let's face it, all that's left for the Knights now is to add an extra shelf in the kitchen so they can fit in that third consecutive wooden spoon. Ouch. I mentioned it was a beautiful, pristine night out at Campbelltown where the North Queensland Cowboys prevailed over the West Tigers, 22 points to 14. Hmm. Tamari Martin showed the Tigers and the Panthers what they're now both missing with a superb performance from 5-8. But from a Tigers fan's point of view, Woodsy's try and Teddy soccering the ball along the sideline just before halftime showed neither of those boys really want to go. Yeah. They look like two convicts being transported to the far-flung lands of Belmore, Bondi. <laughs> yes, welcome home. Hey, did you get that feeling towards the end of that game that you seemed to get a lot as a Tigers fan this year, that even though you were in the lead, it was you, you were going to lose it? The, the Cowboys were coming oh, back, right? Look, it just felt like there was a little bit of a class difference there. Because you Cow- led in the half. That's right, and the Cowboys were, had something to play for. Yeah. And it was really Kyle Fuzzy felt with those two <laughs> tries, with a kick chase that has to be seen to be believed. Yeah. Looking for it on YouTube. The Cowboys live on. Ah, oh, the Bulldogs beat the Gold Coast 26 point to 14. Uh, coached by Madison and Hodge. Hodges, I should say. <laughs> Identify those two people in a police lineup. <laughs> the Gold Coast just couldn't get out of their rut. Poor old Jared Hayne. The best thing he did all day was kick the ball out of the full because he got a big cheer from the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and let's face it, the, the Bulldogs played relieved of finals pressure and. Uh, Josh Reynolds was hit with an errant pass just before full time and now has a new nickname, Josh Livington Seagull. Uh, but the thing I'm happy about there is that Will got two tries. Because I think uh, That's going right. into this round, he was the only fullback in the game that hadn't scored a try this season. In recorded history, two. and he's got two. So <laughs> Hopper is good. The brace has done him fine. <laughs> I don't know what to say to all our Rabbit supporters out there, but... Uh, talk about the season needing to come to an yes. orderly conclusion fairly quickly. Those bunnies got boiled. Oof. They have never <laughs> tasted success in Melbourne, and they're never likely to at this rate. 64 points to six. Sam Burgess probably feels a little guilty about this, but he allegedly head-slammed Felice, Cal- Felice Cafusi near the end of the game, <laughs> expressing the frustration that everyone was feeling. The Storm's in their hot pink numbers again. How I liked do you think it. about that? Though? I liked it. Uh, I was I a think, fan. Yeah, look, you know that Jersey Watch is a, is a big deal for me, but there was pretty, you know, they had the had the purple in there as well. I'm ready to step back on it. They, mm. they paced the clock with 54 points in 58 minutes and just took the foot off the pedal and mm. only scored 10 in the last 20. Yeah. Showed a bit of mercy. <laughs> but you've got to yeah. give it to the Melbourne crowd. When South scored their first try down 54-0, the Melbourne crowd booed. Oh, d- oh. oh. <laughs> Boy, they're tough. God. To use one of their words, what a bunch of flogs. <laughs> uh, hate Melbourne. I hate, uh, Melbourne. hate Melbourne. And in worst news for South fans, Vunavali has drawn, Vunavali has drawn level with Alex Johnson on 22 tries. The penalty try doesn't go to him, however, mm. so he sits on 22. That's weird. It's just a, it's just a general try, right? It's given to the team. It's given to the club. Everyone gets a try. A.H., you're going to... You're going to try. You're going to try. It's like modern pass the parcel. Every kid wins a prize. There's so much wrong with modern society. I once went to a party, actually, where um, the dad forgot to put gifts in between the layers. Nice. So it was just kids opening nothing until a present at the end. It's great. A disappointment parcel. Yeah. Yeah, they ta- got to learn. You're going to take us through in uh, forensic detail your experience out at Shark Park, which saw the Cronulla Sharks go down by two points yeah, no to the Roosters. Boys. I'll just simply comment that Jimmy, I'm not an accessory, Maloney generated four seven tackle sets for the Roosters in the second half off an errant kicking game. That may well have proved to be the difference. Today, it's finals fever. Yeah. Manly still going strong on the courtesy of two DCE field goals mm. either side of full time to condemn the Warriors to eight straight losses. Tommy Turbo, he was terrific. <laughs> kick to Uade, try. Kick to himself, try. <laughs> and he is the single reason there is to not hate Manly. 
And then in the Triple M call game this afternoon, St. George, Illawarra, Dragons, Steelers, dot, 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 <laughs> 16 to 14. There's that score again over Penrith Panthers to keep them alive. It was a more epic episode than anything you'll ever see on Game of Thrones involving dragons. <laughs> uh, oh, God, I'm so happy. You've got to be happy, even though poor old Josh Dugan is still looking for his Opal card to get on the bus. <laughs> Dugs. Without a doubt, the turning point was Tarek Sims, who tackled Cleary, then stripped, and I get to say it yet again, Watini Zalesniak mm. and scored. Wasn't the Matador Barbecue play of the day. It was the Matador Barbecue play of the year. I've got to say, Dan Ganane's uh, call of that particular moment was really good. Whoa, he stripped the ball from him. <laughs> it's Uncanny how much that sounds Why like, Dan. Why do you insist on doing this to me? We still have nine teams. That was the back wrap. You're on the back row. Come back after the break. Nice. Oh, hey, Collingwood. Oh. <laughs> it is the pointy end of the season, so we're trying not to shift in our seats too much. It could get a little uncomfortable. This is Triple M, 104.9. Love it when you do that. Another way of saying that. <laughs> this is the back row with AH, Chris and Rose. We're excited the finals are starting to come into sharp focus. Now, AH, Kaylee, you stay focused due to hard work and discipline. Mm. Given today's result, what does the Dragons making the finals mean to you? Oh, everything. I mean, it's an honour just to be nominated. But, um, yeah, look, uh, I won't go into too much detail, but let's just say, boys, I really need this right now. Right. <laughs> Andrew Rose, you stay focused due to the Ritalin. <laughs> what does a dog's less finals mean to you? It's the first time in a while. It feels a little strange, but I think the thing I can take out of this season and us not making the finals is it's, it's, it's humbling. It makes you appreciate the good. Can't enjoy the sweet without the bitter, Chris Gale. And this year is nothing but bitter for the dogs. I find you bitter all the time. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> one day you'll see me as sweet. Okay, in this hour, we'll be applying our laser-like focus to the talk about the Blues coaching package. Gus, Joey, and Freddie. The Falcon, and has it gone missing from our game? I mean, this is a major investigative report that I believe that you're going to file, Rose. Mm. Huge, piercing, piercing report that I've done. I'm really, I've been enjoying the previews and I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> the inevitable arrival of celebrity baby racing as part of the Rugby League finals mm. is already locked in. Mm-hmm. Get your bets on, I think, very quickly. And in our crosshairs, we'll have just the tip, back row of the week, and our podcast extra. We'll see you soon. There's a new song coming out, When Raiders Cry. Is it green tears, Chris? It it will be green tears all the way and a little bit of spilt milk down Canberra Way. (laughs) You're on Triple M's The Back Row with AH, Chris and Rose, and we can do you a really good deal on a used octagon. They're going cheap all of a sudden. (laughs) Speaking of going cheap... Uh, the uh, spot for fourth is uh, up for grabs with the Sharks losing to the Roosters last night, AH. You were down there at Shark Park. What did you see? Look, I saw lots of things, Chris. Uh, firstly, I'd like to say that that was the first game at Shark Park I've been to where there has been a loss. So it was the first one we, we didn't get to uh, run out, you know, see, uh, walk out, leave the, the stadium singing the team song. Mm. Um, look, I saw Paul Gallen absolutely kook it at the end on uh, what was being celebrated as his 300th game. It was his 301st, but, yep. you know, the shark he celebrated it that way uh and uh a friend of mine told me that he also cooked his second hundred and one hundredth show so clearly clearly there's some kind of double zero uh hoodoo on paul gallon there um look probably the most exciting part of that game it wasn't a particularly exciting game maybe it's just where i was standing i'm not sure um but the most exciting part was uh there was a brawl started not far from where i was i had perfect seats and by seats i mean standing on the hill to look down on it um and i think there's just nothing more beautiful than a cronulla shark supporter being cheered 
from everyone in the stands as he walks past, escorted by about five police uh, mm. uh, security guards because he he started a the massive Conor fight. McGregor of the Shire. Exactly. Was, but was, then but then one of his accomplices, when it was brought out sort of, I don't know, maybe like 10 metres after him, and he's actually going past putting his hands up at the crowd, trying to hype that no one cared. <laughs> <laughs> and were they arguing about roosters and sharks or were they arguing look, about Mayweather and McGregor Look, I'm not like to- everybody else? I'm not totally sure, but I do think, I do believe deep in my heart that it was a Roosters fan who sort of kicked that, um, kicked the brawl off. That's that's my feeling right. um, inside. <laughs> look, there was fireworks. They had, uh, they had massive pyro jets at either end of the field. I think about four or five at each end of the field. And I really hope that tomorrow, Monday morning uh, or Monday, they do get them back to the rental place in time because mm. those things can have a massive, massive fine on them. <laughs> so, so it was Wade Graham's 200th as well, though he's come up with a very nasty cork on his knee and might be in doubt for the for the finals. But Rose, I think you were reflecting on the fact that Gal took an innovative approach to get through the celebratory banner. Yeah, there was a couple <laughs> banners there for all the uh, celebrations and having worked for the Swans now for a couple games, uh, one thing I've learned about AFL is they love their banners. They love a They good love banner. their banners. They, they make really good banners. And one of the things about AFL banners is that they know what to make the banners out of. Something easily breakable. <laughs> right? This banner that Gal had to run through was pretty tough. It was almost like a like a like a lino, and he, he was holding it, one of his kids at the same time. So he just kind of used his kid as a battering <laughs> ram to get through the sign. I, NRL, just I like, like that. his father did to him. Yeah, exactly. Before. I like that on NRL. Much harder sur- uh, surfaces. I like that NRL are using banners, but they just need to smarten up with what the, what the banners made out of mm. because you're going to hurt some players. Well, I mean, famously, <laughs> Sterlo tried to run through a banner when they played an Origin game over in. California in the 80s at Long Beach and uh, he was in hospital for about three weeks afterwards. (laughs) So we've got a little bit to learn there in that aspect. But there was another tradition that was kind of revived because AH, I saw... Uh, image of you on Twitter taking a football in the face on oh, the ground. Yes, I forgot to mention that. Thank you. So we were all very it's sad. My pleasure. We were all very sad about the loss. And then my friend Chris uh, Chris Foster looks out onto the field and noticed that there's a lot of children, people running around, and he goes, "What? Are we allowed to go on the field?" Then he starts running and just goes, "We're going on the field!" <laughs> and uh, and it was great. immediately like we were cheered up. I love a good frolic. We were running around like children and then, yes, for a, a good photo, there was a perfectly timed smack to the face. There's a particular word for that, isn't there? <laughs> I've never the, heard of it. And that's the yeah, falcon, yeah. baby. T- I t- got... Turns out it was half time and those kids were just performing <laughs> at half time. Oh, there's kids on the field. We can go on now. <laughs> Here we go. It could be oh, a... give us a ball, kid. <laughs> it could be a sequel to that movie, Woman Hit by Football. It works on just yeah. so many levels. Yeah. And Finn. back at, back in the old days, predating all of you people in the room, you used to be able at the Hooter to run on and try and snaffle the corner post, which was made out of cardboard. Mm. It was a very attractive black and white hoop to fair. Oh, right. Yeah. Steve Mascot was talking about he's still got one that he uh, purloined from Cogra one day. Mm. And for ridiculous reasons like player safety, they got rid of that. And I think you only get on after about six sirens now or something like well, that. Well, I didn't hear any sirens, <laughs> but um, but yeah, the, we're, we're all on there. I, I got myself a Fox League camera, so yeah. pretty good. That's good. And look, just one other tradition. I did hear watching it uh, from the uh, comfort of my lounge room. The strains yet again of good old sweet Caroline, the Neil Diamond Diddy. Mm. What are they doing? Did, did you notice it? Yeah, no, of course I did. That, that as I've said previously, that is a Sharks tradition as well, as well as the Swans tradition. That's that's generally played at halftime, and you know, it was beautiful. I was watching it in the, in the summertime bar. And, and, Rose, I said this to you before the show, but I know how much you hate that song when it's used in Australian sport. I don't know how you feel more broadly, but that's a conversation we can have over lunch sometime. But... um. 
I thought of you really fondly, and I think of you really fondly anytime I hear that song now. So I'm sorry, deal with it. You are forever connected to it in my it's mind. It's weird to me. The Sharks and the Swans are basically the same team. They do the run-ons. They got the batters. They play yeah. Sweet Caroline. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, Buddy Franklin will be playing in the forward line for for the Sharkies in well, no time. Well, after Buddy kicked ten goals, they could probably use his kicking after. As I said, Jimmy Maloney <laughs> yeah. had a little bit of Absolutely. trouble. With, oh, poor Jimmy. With the boot, I mean, it'd be great if you get Sweet Caroline sometime soon, Felix, to get. Uh, AH and Rosa on the same page. No, That'd be lovely, no, wouldn't it? No. Uh, look, we're going to be back shortly. This is the back row. Footy, we love it. Sweet Caroline, some of us, not so much. Love it. Welcome back to Triple M's The Back Row with AH, Chris and Rose. We've had a tweet from Bortles Believer, and he goes, Hey, legends, does Suliasi's Vonavalu, I've got to really work on that yeah, pronunciation, yeah. <laughs> does his penalty try being a team try now means that the team members who haven't scored a try in 2017 don't have to do the nudie run. Oh, is that a thing, yeah. is it? Yeah, the nudie run is, and it's across all clubs, isn't it? The mm. nudie run. Yeah, and uh, Nathan but Highmarch I'm... has sort of changed the conversation in recent years saying that at Parramatta Eels, they used to do the nudie tree, oh. which is one <gasps> Plant player, trees in the nude? One <laughs> player stands nude, and the other nude player has to sort of climb around them. Oh. oh. Sort of a creative oh, acting tree. I mean, I tell you it's what. It's pretty it'll, good. It'll rate its head off if you get that into the It should be an Olympic yeah. sport. Final I, package. I, I would pay <laughs> McGregor Mayweather price seats to watch Ooh, that. To yeah. I'd pay tree the to- I would pay the what is it 836 million just to watch that. Um <laughs> but yeah, I didn't I actually didn't know until until just now uh when that tweet came through that penalty tries didn't go to the to the person who kicked it. But then, of course, that makes sense because the penalty kick is just going to be getting massively mm. skewed statistics. I mean, it's I know the NRL is busy, mm. but come on, Tigeringo, can we get an answer on this one? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, while is we're this pondering... a wang or a wang not? <laughs> That's right. While we're pondering these great philosophical questions, it's time for... Now on Triple M's back row. Just the tip. Whoa! Just the tip. Oh, please. Just the tip. Just the tip. A bobbity abu, ladies and gentlemen. There's one more round of regular season footy to go. So that means it's the final tip round. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. That's your best. Retire now. It's over. That's, that's the best one. I love it. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Let's get into it, guys. Now, now everyone listening, don't, I said this last week, but this is it. This is the final round of rugby league before we only have, what is it, nine games in the finals? You only get nine games over four weeks. So set your planners because you've got a feast mm. of football this next weekend. Then it starts to get a little bit more Spartan. So and let's work out what you're going to do with that new spare time because yes. it is it is easy to fall into you know bad habits. Yes, I'm going to be writing like, new just a tip intro. Yeah, spend time with your <laughs> spend time with your family, walk yeah. in the park. Yes. You know yeah. that sort of caper. That's ridiculous. Well, let's enjoy the final round, and we're going to start on Thursday night at one three hundred Smile Stadium. This is a big one for the Cowboys. It's the Cowboys v the Broncos. It's a derby. You said you were going to go first with your tips. Yeah, you're right, because uh, uh, I am currently in first in the yeah. tipping, right? So yeah. uh, I'm going to go first with all my tips so you guys can choose how, right. how you want to tip around me. Awesome. So I am picking the Broncos. Yeah, I'm picking the Broncos as well. I okay. think that's a bit Cowboys. of a... Cowboys. I really respect those guys. They're wow. scrapping hard. Really? I saw JT in the flesh out at Campbelltown. The man has an aura. (laughs) 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 Who's that? (laughs) Friday night. There's only one game on Friday night because we've got three on Sunday this weekend coming up. So the one game on Friday night, ANZ Stadium. It's the Eels versus the Rabbits. I am backing the Eels. Yeah, I'm backing the Eels as well. Okay, I'm I'm backing what you're backing. All right. I don't think anyone would be backing the Rabbits for that, would they? (laughs) Now, remember, guy, you've got to catch up to me here. This is your last round to catch up with. This is the last round of tipping. I, so I understand the You've got to make Thank your you. moves. 
triple header on Saturday, starting at Allianz Stadium. It's the <laughs> Roosters v the Titans. I am picking the Roosters. Yeah, look, I'm going the Roosters as well. And just yep. because uh, it does look as though I'm copying everything you've done now, no. I'd like to show you my sheet of paper. So no, you're I believe an you. Look, this is this is at the time of the year where some of these matches are pretty obvious. Yeah, you've, you've got very to call. Obvious. You've got to pick the Roosters over the Titans. Don't even look at me and say Titans, Chris. Yeah, well, where I end <laughs> yeah, up in the comp. Yeah, you have to say Titans. That's <laughs> our habit. It doesn't matter to me. I just say what I believe, yep. and I'm actually heading out to Allianz to enjoy a victory for the Sydney Roosters. I've already written Roosters down. So. <laughs> uh, Saturday, Lotto Land, the second game on Saturday. Lotto Land, it's, this is the, the game of the final round. It really, really is, yeah. Manly versus Panthers. Look, I'm... Uh, I'm int- picking Manly, by oh. the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I feel sad for Hook Griffin. He didn't build a story on his uh, high-rise today. Mm. He needs to get back and uh, get into the construction game and build one next week, and I'm just all over Penrith. Wow, the Panthers. Yeah, I'm going to go Panthers as well. Obviously, this one is a big game this for your huge. old pal A.H. Cayley. Mm. Um, because, yeah, it, it, well, actually, not that big. Sorry, what I mean is either way, uh, one of them's dropping down. And so sorry that my game is a, It all is ties a into one, the Dragon Saga. Oh, yeah. I hate Manly. That's yep. it. Thank you, Felix. Got to be the Panthers. Second game on Saturday, Amy Stadium. It's the Storm versus the Raiders. I am picking the Storm. <laughs> yeah, Storm. <laughs> I mean, come on. The word is that Craig Bellamy is resting his starting 13 next week. Really? To prepare for the finals, and he'll still beat Canberra. Wow, I thought you were going to go for the Raiders there. Okay, triple header on Sunday, starting up in Newcastle, the McDonald Jones Stadium. It's the Knights versus the Sharky Boys. I have picked the Sharky Boys. Yes. Go Sharky Boys. Go Sharky Boys. It's got to be the Sharky Boys. Yeah. Echo, echo, echo. Mm, ditto, ditto, ditto. Sunday, the second game on Sunday, ANZ Stadium. Now this is a game. Yes. The Dragons versus the Bulldogs. Can the Bulldogs knock them out of the final eight, or will the Dragons go on to finals berth? I am obviously picking the doggies. Woof, woof. Yeah, look, Rose, it's very rare that you and I come head to head on anything, but uh, football is one of those scenarios. Uh, going down. I, of course, am going for my beautiful dragons. Dragons in the eight! Go, Chris. I sit in the middle here, but I've just lent to the dogs. That's mm. my boy. Love you. My boy, Blue. Uh, Sunday night, the final game at the hallowed ground of Leichhardt Oval. It's the Tigers v the Warriors. I have picked the Tigers. Yeah, I've picked Tigers. Uh, Warriors never play in the second Ooh. half. I will be tying myself to a goalpost with excitement <laughs> as the Tigers wrap up the season and look forward to getting on their particular bus. Let's do the scores really quickly. A.H. Kelly on third place on 113 points. Mm. Second place, one point ahead on 114 points. It's Chris Gale. And in first place, only two points ahead on 116 Ooh. points. It's yours truly. Can I revise my tips? <laughs> so, ba- so basically, based on that, if that's the final round, Chris... Two points does have an opportunity to tie with you. I'm out if I'm three behind. Uh, yeah, I don't think you're going to make it to first. You could still yeah. get second. I could but still get second, but I'm completely out. But between Chris and you, there is a chance. The, Exciting. The real deciders are Manly uh, Panthers and Cowboys Broncos. It's a ding-dong battle. It's the final round. That is the final Just the Tip of the season. DJ Felix, hit me one time. That's how I play Just the Tip. Triple M's the back row with A.H. Chris and Rose. And let's just say this, a struck match has had more fight in them today. Conor McGregor <laughs> or Mary McGregor. <laughs> That's right, St. George Illawarra is still alive after a 16 Woo! points to 14 victory over the Penrith Panthers. Now, of course, one of the big news stories that broke on Friday was that Laurie Daly was unceremoniously dumped as New South Wales origin coach. You fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know, is that uh, Malcolm Turnbull? Yeah. 
Yeah, right. It's pretty good, right? <laughs> it's about as good as you can name, I'm yeah. telling you. And, and, and Whoa, I'm the President of the United States. It doesn't sound like that. He's my favourite caller and you keep doing this to me. Oh, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the hot favourite for to move into the hot seat is Freddie Fittler, backed up, according to the Daily Astonisher, by Andrew Johns as an assistant coach and Gus Gould as director of football operations. They're calling it the complete package. What do we think about that idea? Mm, I like the Freddie Fittler idea. I think Freddie Fittler is a coach. I'm not mm. too sure about the rest, though. I thought... Oh, are you serious? I think in terms of, like, you know, blues culture and guidance and all that kind of thing, Gus Gould is incredible for that. And, I, you know, I mean, Joey Johns, he was one of the best players in the game. He's an immortal. Of course you want him sort of being, you know, assistant coach and helping, you know, particularly with kicking game. And, and, and he, was a, he was a strategist as well on field, oh. but so creative with it. So basically what I'm saying is, Rose, you're completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the, the question is, what would the, what would the job role for Gus be again? Sort of like, you know, overseeing, you know, sort of like a soothsayer. They would go into a darkened room. Gus would be there with a crystal ball. Yep. And just and, relentlessly yeah, haze them. Yeah, joss sticks burning <laughs> and just say, boys, this is what you've got to do. I'll tell you why I don't he like it. it. I'll what? tell you why I don't like it. Because that job role is going to take him away from being part of the media coverage of The Origin. Oh, and Gus Gould's an important part. I don't think it will, will it? We have lots of... Um, yeah. He's going to be too helpers. busy to get on a mic and go, no, 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 no. It's no, no. no. going to be too busy. Well, you might be right, right, mm. right, right, right there. <laughs> <laughs> But, of course, there is a conspiracy theory. There's always a conspiracy theory, and I just want to ventilate it now, that this is a simply a ruse to get Laurie to go to Manly, T-Baz to the Dogs, mm. and Des to the Titans, right. or the Origin wow. team. I've just, got, I've just got that out there. Yes, AH. Can I, I just want to interrupt for a second and say that when you said conspiracy, just then my whole body tensed up that Felix was about to hit play on the X-Files. No! Oh, no! I'm leaving. I'm leaving, finally. I brought that one on myself, but I'm out. <laughs> If you say it, it will happen. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have said it. But interestingly, given all the trouble that New I South Wales myself. had, no, blowing, turn it off, turn it off. blowing a big lead at halftime in Origin Thank 2, you. the Dugues and uh, Fergo trip down to the punt and the, the drink down at the Lennox Point Hotel. Yep. The FIFA, you're not starting. Clem, you are. FIFA, you are starting. Clem, you're not. <laughs> it seems that the trigger for the uh, dismissal of Laurie Daly was the fact that the New South Wales coaching group and management group got on the Terps at the various camps, and they mm. ran up very, very interesting and large uh, alcohol bills. Now, Brian Fletcher was on the uh, Saturday NRL show on Triple M yesterday, and he was able to give us his exclusive insight into actually what constituted that bill. Bear with me here. Fruit Tingle times 28. Midori Splice, the old illusions, 15. Toblerone, 16. Mango Daiquiri, 20. Japanese Slipper. Wow. <laughs> A Japanese slip. I don't even know what that is, but there was 50 of them. They're quite popular out there. Does anyone know what, what, what is in a Japanese slip? What's in a fruit tingle? Uh, they're good. There's all, all sorts of yummy stuff. Mm-hmm. Kamikaze, Cosmopolitan, Long Island iced tea, a oh. white lady, 38 white ladies, mm. 50 Singapore slings, and two long necks of VB. Yeah. So coming to that a total of me. $16,438. And it was used at the pool bar. Well, look, as someone who absolutely adores the uh, the cheeky girly drinks, having spent many years of my youth believing they're like, oh, it's got to taste bad to be cool. <laughs> I love my cruises. I love my breezes. And on my birthday uh, last year, 
I was all over the Midori. So I can answer that. The Japanese slipper, it's um, it's Midori Cointreau and lemon juice. And mm. the fruit tingle is a real sort of like vodka. You've got blue Kurokawa in there, which right. I'd never know if I'm saying that right. Um, yeah, so I'm look, I'm really proud of our boys, and particularly mm. that they focused on many sort of drinks on the blue end of the spectrum. I, I thought a Japanese slipper was a chokehold. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you'll find well, it's... Well, it, it can do that to you. <laughs> I think you'll find it's pronounced blue Coruscant. Um, also, <laughs> like, also that, that description, it should have been done in song. 38 white ladies, 50 <laughs> Singapore slings, two long neck VBs. <laughs> well, I mean, origin. Origin. <laughs> Elimin- origin is rugby league Christmas, so that works, yeah, don't you is. think? Yeah, it's El- a celebration. Uh, illuminate me. I mean, Or is it more like rugby league Easter? It's kind of like an Easter. Yeah, what? you're right. White ladies, they do funerals, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> like do charity work. Oh. These are a lot of drinks, right? I've got my good friend Rob, who's a security guard, an old friend of mine. He says, Go Warriors 2018 on the Twitter right now. Maybe we could ask him about all these drinks because he seems like yep. more of an expert than any of us. He's smashing the Midoris. <laughs> as, as far as what a long neck is, I mean, that comes from another era. Uh, listen, we've got a little bit of research to do. As always, we simply say here on the back row, drink responsibly. Don't touch that voice-activated digital button. We'll be back soon. <laughs> Hey I, love that song. I love that song. That's my favorite song. <laughs> Remember when they did that live at my inauguration? I can't believe that. Yeah, the only people who would do his inauguration it's... was Three Doors Down, and they played the, oh. They rock. Oh, n- nobody rocks harder than Three Doors Down. Nobody. It's John Key, the New Zealand Prime Minister, right? Have I got that right? <laughs> Look, welcome back to the back row on Triple M with AH Chris and Rose. And whilst I was out there, a little chilled but very, very happy to be there at Campbelltown Stadium. I believe, Rose, you were watching Tigers, Cowboys from the comfort of your living room mm. and you were struck by something. I was. Because someone was struck by something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, myself and my partner Zoe were watching the footy on the couch like we love to do. Uh, and then something happened during the game uh, where, where the ball uh, contacted someone in the head. And as we all know in rugby league, that is called a... Falcon. Falcon. Thank you very much, a falcon. Uh, now, uh, normally they'd say, huh, what about that falcon? But this week they didn't do it. They purposely avoided saying the word falcon and, and Fittler did this long, oh, it, it collided with the side of his head. I'm calling. It was a cranial impact. Yeah, I'm calling falcon conspiracy. Oh, I... <laughs> oh, God. AH is literally it's running really out a of war the room. Of for poor old AH. She's really <laughs> suffering. She has physically left the studio finally. And look, took, t- took that long, 23 weeks. I've done a little bit. <laughs> I've done a little bit of investigation on this. Yeah. I mean, the Falcon, of course, was first attributed to when Mario Fennec, or Fennec, <laughs> for the uh, heathens out there, was struck in the uh, cranial area by a football when he was playing not for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, right? Not for the North Sydney Bears. Mm-hmm. For the Southeast Queensland Crushers. Interesting. Right. And the term has gone worldwide. She's still refusing to join <laughs> she's us. She's outside furious. Yeah, she's really, really upset by this. And so it, the term has gone worldwide. But let's face it, I'm not sure that Mario's really benefited from this global attribution because he's nicknamed the Falcon because of his Maltese heritage. Right, okay. You know, channeling Bogart. Is it possible that he's taken out a global patent 
or some other form of intellectual property protection mm. on the name. And Channel 9 is prevented from using the term unless they pay Mario a royalty. Interesting. You think it's some kind of copyright issue? Because what I have noticed is, uh, and, and our great friend Dennis Carnahan from Rugby League the Musical does point this out in one of his songs, that all the other sports wish they had a falcon. Yeah. You know, AFL are using falcon. It's cricket, worldwide. Cricket are using falcon. Rugby Union are using falcon. How dare you, Rugby Union? Once but, again, Rugby League leads the way. <laughs> oh, I hate just back. back. <laughs> hey, buddy. Um, yeah, so, uh, look, I, I was uh, very confused about why they chose purposely to not refer to the Falcon, but that wasn't the most confused I was. Uh, More I, confusion. Yes, there was another bit of commentary confusion that I was confused about. They keep calling this player Little John. Okay, in, I think the conspiracy th- music has stopped now. <laughs> Come on, so give the what? girl a break. I mean, she's on the ropes. <laughs> oh, you're a mean man. You're a terrible person, truly. Look, you've worn me down so much that I can't feel anything anymore. I'm they kept, fight. Wait, what? They, they, what? they keep calling that player from the Tigers Little John, yeah, even yeah. in the serious plays when they're doing replays and stuff. Why yeah, do right. they keep calling him Little John? What problem do you have with that? Well, what, you can't use his real name. That's a nickname. <laughs> you are joking, right? What? <laughs> His name is Jack Littlejohn. Littlejohn. Oh, really? Yeah, he oh. replaced Luke Brooks. <laughs> Do you think that they were making some sort of uh, uh, continuous reference to yeah. his manhood just, or something? Yeah, yeah, just I, a huge Robin Hood fan. Well, That's what Littlejohn's from. My partner Zoe right. said, he's not even that big. Why do they call him that? <laughs> how she knows that, I have no idea. The footy finishes here. The back row. On Triple M. It's so good to be with you on this somewhat wet Sunday evening Hope you're all warm and toasty. We are. After on tri- that game, I'm all three of those things. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> we are Triple M's The Back Row. A.H., Chris and Rose. Ooh. And look. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, fancy. Saucy. You, you would think that the rugby league world would be in uproar because of the dismissal of Laurie Daly from the position as coach of the New South Wales Blues. Mm. The rugby league world is in complete uproar because of the excitement around the South Sydney's baby race from the round previously. Oh, everyone loved the baby race. It gets me rich. Oh, no, I won't say that. I'm so, I'm so, I love the concept of the baby race so much. It thrills me. And Rose, I think you have possibly some inside news about what the plans the NRL has for the final series. Well, it's the finals coming up. And if NRL knows anything and everyone knows everything about uh, the finals is that we'd like to take it up a notch for the finals. And I think we need a baby race at the finals. But I Agreed. Think, I yep. think it's sure. right. But it should be a celebrity baby race. Ooh. Are you serious, Felix? Ooh. Oh, yeah. It really is the baby race. Actually, that doesn't work because it's the baby elephant walk. <laughs> yep, I get it. Look, I like to be it. honest, I've been worn down so much by these. I, like, I, just, I just don't I don't feel it He's the musical birth master, isn't he? I've, yes. I've left my body. I'm in a subspace. So the question is, what celebrity babies should we have racing in the grand final? Oh. Right? Uh, can I chuck a couple at you? No. Okay. Um, uh, Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow's kids, Apple and Moza. I don't know if they're babies anymore, but they're pretty solid names. What about Northwest? Kanye's kid. Kanye's kid, yeah. yeah. Just to have Kanye on the field there. Yeah, any yeah. ideas? Who else you got? Uh, look, I think, you know, so uh, Rebecca and Chris Judd had Ooh. twins. Oh, did they? So we've, they're kind of like, you know, we Spread know how much risk. we love a sporting twin. Yeah. Or sport, sporting twins. Mm. Um, and I know that, you know, they're from the AFL side, but I think it's a good way to, to, to bring them over. Mm. Um, Sam Worthington and Lara Bingle, Ooh. they had a little one. I think that would be good. It would that's, really get the media in gonna there. It's going to be one attractive baby. Yeah, but also... Um, Triple M favourite Talitha Cummins. Ooh. She and uh, and her partner Ben Lucas, they had a little bubby called uh, Baby Oliver. Mm. And so, you know, not only is she a part of the Triple M family, but he is a personal trainer who I understand has worked with the Rapidos before. So, look, mm. if everyone 
is okay with this, I'm happy to text Talitha now and get Oliver okay. on board. I, Start I gotta, training. i got to say, I'm slightly confused. I thought when you said celebrity baby racing, you needed babies in the race that look like celebrities. <laughs> 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 like what kind of celebrities? Well, Peter Garrett immediately springs to mind. <laughs> and, and what a beautiful time because we, we theorised a few months ago that because of their schedule that's been announced of their Australia-wide tour, that it is possible for the Oils to be playing at the grand final. Grand final, yes. I'm out now. Royal Pre- blood. All oh, right, Royal blood. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pre-game show, wouldn't you like that? Well, they're up against the killers in the AFL, so they need a Meister straight. Yeah. But can you imagine seeing Garrett at the pre-game and then a Garrett lookalike out on the Ooh, track? Little Sterlo baby. Little Sturlo, Sturlo baby. Little Sturlo baby. <laughs> Todd, Todd Greenberg, of course. I want one baby that looks like The Rock. Just all jacked. <laughs> <laughs> Bald head and some tats. Mary McGregor. Oh, that's could, a good one. Yeah. Because I don't think Mary will be involved in the grand final, let's put it that way. If we well, to that end. Right. What about a George Costanza baby? We could name it Seven. That'd be terrific. <laughs> and, and we don't want to leave the females oh, we, out of this. We do have fun here, don't what we? What about a baby that looks like Sinead O'Connor? Ooh, oh, well, nothing yes. compares to that baby. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> put it on the board. <laughs> we are so excited about this concept, we're going to go away and hothouse it. Celebrity Baby Racing, NRL Finals 2017. We are the back row. AH, Chris and Rose. Now, guys, when we go out to the game, we sort out our backpacks. We make sure we've got our tickets. Mm -hmm. We certainly grab hold of our bus passes. Hello, Josh Dugan. Yes. But seldom when we go to a footy game do we put on our scarves. Yes, that's true, Chris. Rose, you, uh, well, you know, you, I've been you've thinking. been thinking about this again. You, you are, if nothing else, a thinker. I've done a lot of thinking Very contemplative this week. Man, uh, you know, I sit and you know, I've had experience now of going across a couple of different sports this year, and AFL being the main one. And I also look at A League, you know, which is I'm, I'm a big fan of. And I see the fans in games like A-League and AFL, they, they seem to be a little bit more together than the majority of fans in rugby league. They seem to chant better together. They seem to come together as one. And the thing, I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to look at all these sports and say, what is the difference between all these three sports that makes them uh, you know, be able to come together as a fan group better than rugby league? And I think it's scarves. I think it's scarf culture. I don't think yeah, the NRL right. embraced the scarf. And I'll tell you why. Because on a sport like AFL... Uh, you know, rugby league is a working class game, but AFL, there's a lot of corporate functions, business mm. people show up, they're wearing suit jackets. A scarf goes very well with a suit jacket. So I think yeah. that's why those kind of cultures have brought it in. Well, I think also a scarf is uh, like, it's a, it's a low commitment, really. <laughs> you know, it's just like I purchased this. They're probably not hugely expensive. You could, no, knitting one is, is a high commitment. But yeah. like, and you, like you say, with a suit, you can just whack it on. Yeah. You don't really need to go to much effort or anything and you can still be the snobbish. Yeah. So and so that you are, but you know, pretend otherwise. You still go to your court hearing, but still support your team. Chris Gale, thoughts? <laughs> My well, mother. that's a league fan for sure. <laughs> yeah. My mother, bless her, knitted me a black and gold scarf when she worked out that I was a fan of the Balmain Tigers Aww. at the age of thirty-six. But <laughs> and and the the very very beautiful and precious thing for me was I took that scarf with me to two thousand and five and finally completed that circle. But I think and then did right. you burn it because like it, you'd come, you'd come all the way with that narrative? No, no, I wrapped it around Big Ted when I got home. You know, my Aww. little teddy bear. Big Ted. There's nothing wrong with having a teddy bear, is no. there? No, nothing wrong at all. Great. And anywho. <laughs> So I think, Rose, uh, this point that you made that AFL fans or rugby fans are more together or rugby union fans are more together because we wear a scarf, like I said before, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> rugby league fans are the committed tribe who are passionate about their teams and they happily wear their team jerseys. Yes. Mm. 
the toffs that just wrap around a scarf yeah. and then apart from that are wearing sort of chinos okay. and a windbreaker and, you know, sailor shoes. A jersey is a big buy-in. Yeah, exactly. You know? he's, he's saying a scarf is a cop-out. It's, yeah. It's fan light. Right. However, <laughs> it is. However, if you wear a scarf with your jersey, then that's taking it above and beyond. Is that just going too far? Like you're too much of a fan? No, no such thing. Can you wear more than one scarf? You can. That's a question. Can you wear you two can, of the same? You can you wear two team scarves, but they're different but, kind of scarves? Oh no, absolutely not. But if it's the same team, or if you have your team scarf and then just some other sort of basic scarf, absolutely for anyone who has ever sat on the hill at Wynn Stadium. Oh, I think it should be a one person one scarf rule. I think if you're wearing two scarves, you're just trying too hard. I wear two pairs you, of trousers sometimes <laughs> when I'm out there. I'll have like yoga pants and then jeans on top. Are they dragons trousers? No, they're just my jeans, mate. <laughs> But that's a good idea. Let's get some. Dragon's trousers. Type of trouser. Look, a lot of these teams could benefit with more money, more merchandise sales coming in. Where are the scarves? Where are the trousers? trousers. <laughs> back row on Triple M. Rose, you're part of the back row. It's a show on Triple M, and we're part of it. Mm-hmm. I think you saw a little bit of a juxtaposition. Yeah, working the Swans game yesterday evening at the SCG. Right next door is the Horden Pavilion, and setting up for their show that evening was Stone Sour. And uh, normally you can hear the music coming through, but it was a bit earlier in the night. But I've got to tell you, that swarm of, of Swans fans hitting a swarm of metalheads going into the Horton was a very interesting combina- c- clash of red and white and black. <laughs> you used to get that the morning after Mardi Gras when the one-day cricket fans would be arriving. Oh, yeah. The kid would be going, Dad, Dad, what's going on there? <laughs> I'll tell you what. The cricket I, am fans, I also son? a part of the show, Chris? Yeah, yes, you are part of the show, AH. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, we're the back row with AH. Chris and Rose, we're still offside. We've been doing it all day. <laughs> and despite it fact being nighttime, we're going to do something that has lots of bright, shiny aspects to it. It's time for Back Rower of the Week. Back Rower of the Week. Guess what? What? It's our regular segment, Back Yay. Row of the Week. <laughs> I don't let you down. I tell and I speak the truth. Oh, you That's do what true. you say on the label. Now, AH, if I possibly isolated you there for a moment, it was unintentional. I want to bring you back into the fold by directing my question to you. Who is your Back Row of the Week? Look, Ooh. my Back Row of the Week this week, uh, there are three people, but uh, more specifically one who had a great quote about the situation. So uh, in the news, three, uh, three drag queens um, defended a young man on Oxford Street who was being assaulted, um, and the the point that they made to the, to the thugs doing this was, I'm a man under a dress in this, let's go. Uh, the drag queens were, the, the, the men was uh, was Ivan Flynn who was being attacked and the, co- the drag queens were Coco Jumbo, Ivy League and Vibe. Awesome. And my back, awesome. And my specific back row of the week is Coco Jumbo for saying to news.com.au, I don't think they knew what they were getting themselves into. I used to play rugby league. Right on. Yeah, Coco yeah, said, yeah. My favourite, my favourite line. So good on you, ladies. Yes, queen, slay, yes. get it, hunty, all that kind of thing. Good and job. hopefully when they uh, make it international, we'll be seeing all those ladies on RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Rose. Uh, me? Okay, my back row of the week is a gentleman named... Javonta Davis. Oh, now, that's now a good name. we all, you know, we all tuned in or saw something to do with the Mayweather McGregor fight. But the real highlight for me was the match before the main event. And Javonta Davis was the IBF super featherweight champion until yesterday in the weigh-in when he weighed in two pounds over the 130-pound weight limit and was stripped of his title oh, on no. the weight bench, right? So he already knows a day before going in that if he wins this title match, the title is vacant. But if his opponent beats him, which was never going to happen, the opponent wins the championship. So this Javonta Davis guy... 
you know, he's, he's missed his chance to be a champion in front of a, what the biggest audience he'll ever fight in front of. Doesn't mean he doesn't put on a show. Comes out in this, like, fuzzy blue hoodie and, like, fuzzy blue sides. He looked like the Cookie Monster. Yeah, He looked like the Cookie Monster, seriously. And then he gets in the ring and they Sounds ring... Sounds like the... he's had too many cookies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they ring the bell for the fight to start and the ref immediately stops the fight because good old Javonta Davis has tassels on his shoes that are getting in the way. So the first thing the ref goes, <laughs> cut those tassels off. His team has to come in and get scissors and cut off his... Yeah, they had to cut off his tassels oh. for a championship boxing match. That's where he gets his match. power! <laughs> it used to be the issue with the Iron Sheik and the wrestling had the curly-toed boots there yes. and it was illegal. That's a weapon, Jesse. That's a weapon. Yes, the New Day are using that these days. No, well, they shouldn't be. Curled up They shoes. should not be doing that. Look, ultimately stripping him of that title over two kilos, I mean, that's just body shaming. Yeah, well, if you're going to lose your title because you're two uh, pounds overweight and uh, you still win with tassels on your shoes, you're my back row of the week, Javonta Davis. Mm. Thank seems, you. Oh, Felix. Se- seems like a good effort, though. <laughs> if he's eating out in Vegas, he should take the tip when you eat in a restaurant called the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick reminder that we have a podcast extra at the same time that the NRL... Do you have be, a back row of the week? Uh, I've got one coming. Oh, but okay. it's just a reminder we've got a podcast extra, which is a little bit of a morsel of extra back row on Monday, just as the NRL is doing some huge press release. We get released at the same time. Mm. Take your pick. Get it on iTunes <laughs> or your favourite podcasting app. I do have a back row of the week. It is Alexander, the ginger assassin, Roberts. Mm. And he, of course, at the 22nd World... He assassinates gingers? (laughs) For breakfast. At the 22nd Air Guitar World Championships in Ulu, Finland, whose tagline is make air, not war, Mm. he came equal equal second on 34.6 points behind the defending champ Aristotle Matt Burns. Mm. Matt Burns, you can't beat this guy at air guitar. He's Mm. he's absolutely genius. This is Australia's third silver medal in the world champs to go with three bronze, but we've never had a gold. Fantastic. Mm. Can I just say very quickly, Aristotle Matt Burns is a name that kind of goes downhill very quickly, isn't it? (laughs) Aristotle Matt Burns. (laughs) And, And what was most curious to me is that he won the gold doing air guitar to I Will Survive. What? Fantastic. He's been, uh, would that be the cake cover version? Probably not the oh, original Gloria game. Maybe, because I don't think there's any guitars in the well, original, there, is there? there'll be more information to come. <laughs> Guys, final thoughts. Andrew Rose. I don't, there's no wrestling on this week, so I don't have many final thoughts. <laughs> you've, you've overthought Look, it. I'll just, I'll just say it. For the third time, there's one round of footy left, guys. Enjoy it while it's here. A.H. Kaylee. Uh, McGregor is robbed and uh, Dragons <laughs> in the eight. Come on, baby. Shucky Allah, our day will come. My final thoughts. I love you guys. I love footy. We're the back row. See you soon. Who are you? You've been listening to the Back Row Catch-Up. Hear it live on Triple M Sydney, Sunday night, right after the footy.